Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45. My guest today is Wendy O. Brown, who is an active duty senior officer in the U.S. Army Reserves in Kaiserslautern, Germany. Listen in as we talk about the challenges of being a senior ranking woman in the military, the advantages of going into the military as an officer or as an enlisted, and her opinion on why reservists are sometimes not seen as being a part of the real military. Yes, we did go there. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on with the interview. Welcome to episode 45 of the Sisters in Service podcast. I am your host, Kat Corchado. And my guest today is Wendy Brown. Now, you may not know who Wendy Brown is, but if you looked at her resume, you would say, holy crap, she does a lot. She is still active duty. She's in Kaiserslautern, also known as K-Town, old stopping grounds for me, in Germany. And she's going to talk about her illustrious Army career, what she's doing now, what she plans to do as she transitions. And we're also going to talk about her book, so, Wendy, welcome to Sisters in Service. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me, Kat. It's so good to see you. I'm kind of jealous because I, I have such <laughs> fond memories of Germany because I went to high school there, not in, not in K-Town, but in Germany. But we used to go to Kaiserslautern all the time. It was just like, oh, yeah, let's just up and go like a road trip. <laughs> Yes, it's a cute town. It really is a cute small town. I love it. Yes, I really liked it a lot. So you are still active duty Army, correct? Yes. So I am in the U.S. Army Reserves and currently I am on order. Guys, honestly, if I read this to you, it would probably take a half an hour. I mean, she's she's like, (laughs) you're like, whoa. So looking at your career, because you're getting ready to transition, correct? Correct. Better known as retirement. (laughs) Retirement. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) As you look back over your career from from the very beginning to now, what are a few things that stand out for you? Oh, my goodness. First, let me just say my mother was right. And that's a very humbling statement for me to make. And (laughs) and the reason I... And the reason I'm saying it is because my mother forced me to join the military. So here I am um, and uh, about to graduate from high school. And I was on a, a national honor roll. I was in the National Honor Roll Society. And I got accepted, you know, to a number of uh, universities. And my mother said, uh, you're going to go to college through the Army ROTC scholarship program. So in my in my you know area or community, military wasn't really that big. It was you know it was one of those things that sometimes guys may have gotten in trouble and they can either go to jail or go to the military. <laughs> <Right>? Yes, <laughs> that's, that's about as much as I knew. So I was like the military, huh? And she was like, "You're going," and I fought it. So, you know, I'm a part of Generation X where, you know, you got to do what your parents are told. I, I didn't know my rights at the time, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't have options. I didn't know my rights. <laughs> so even to this day, I still have that whole that whole scenario in my head. I was at my dining room table. My mother put the pen in my hand, looked at the X and said, you need to sign right there. And it was gangster because my mother was in front of me. My dad was sitting to the side of me. 
Sign like, it now. Sign. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you're going like, to sign. I'm under duress. I signed under duress. And I signed it. They put in my packet. Needless to say, I received the Army four-year uh, ROTC scholarship and um, ended up joining afterwards. I've always been in the reserves and just pretty much went on active duty on an as-needed basis. Um, but unfortunately, both of my parents are no longer here. But I did tell them before they passed, the best thing you ever did for me was to make me join the military. That was the best advice they gave me. That was one time they were a dictator. They were right and it on. paid off. They were right they, on. They, it paid off. My mom was actually <laughs> right. Here I was 17 and thought I knew everything. <laughs> well, we all did. Didn't we think we knew everything at 17? We knew nothing. Less than nothing. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Yes. So I do have a great, you know, I had a great journey. And when I say a great journey, I mean, I've experienced the good, bad and ugly. And the reason I say that is because sometimes people think it was always fun. No, it wasn't. But it was always a learning experience. Right. So I was either going through something good, bad or ugly, but it has all of it has strengthened me and given me the opportunity to live in Europe um, since November 2014. And I definitely would not have been able to make a, such a sophisticated decision, you know, at age 17. Right. So uh, kudos to parents after all. You know, sometimes <laughs> we hear so many negative things about parents, about my mom did this or my dad did this. You know, no parents perfect. We all trying to figure it out as, you know, we go, on, go along, right. you know, it's called life. Um, but my parents, kudos to them. They're, they're gangster style. They both from Detroit. They went hood on me too. Oh girl, they, you, <laughs> you had no choice. You were signing or there wasn't an, or you're signing period. We're going to sit. Yeah, your exactly. mom, remember your mom and dad Bye. would say, you're going to sit at this table to eat your vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> there were no options. You're right. How long it takes. Yep. <laughs> no matter how much your lip is poked out, you're going to sit there. <laughs> so I usually ask the question, did you pick the army or did the army pick you? And, and, and I have to say in your case, your mother picked the army for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> you told me this is what you're going to do. I was like, oh, what to? No, just literally put the pen in my hand. You need to sign right there where that X is. My mother was from the booster project. She didn't she play, didn't even care. though she was well she educated. Was. <laughs> she was from the booster project. And just as gangster as that sound, that's how she <laughs> Now, I know that when people go in the military, I never had an inclination to be an officer. Did you know you wanted to be an officer in the Army? No. Honestly, I just did what my mom told me to do. But I will say this. Going through the process, I was able to meet people that gave me guidance on what's going to be expected of me as an officer. And I would tell you in the beginning, it made me nervous because I didn't have any role models. And like I said, in my neighborhood area, I didn't know, I didn't know any black officers or officers in general or, or kids who I should say who parents were officers. So that was totally foreign to me. It was like being on in a foreign country. I didn't know what to relate it to, what to do. And I probably had the deer in headlights many times. And officer, senior officer pulled me aside and kind of gave me advice because he's probably looking at me like she doesn't have a clue what she just walked into. <laughs> and we've got to groom her. Unfortunately, the military has official trainings so that um, you can, you know, become an efficient officer. And then there's also unofficial as far as meeting people 
and they see the potential in you, but they could tell you don't have a clue what's going on. And then, you know, they pull you aside and they groom you so that you can um, become a stellar officer. And and be successful. I can yeah. tell you that yeah. when I was in the military, seeing just a female officer was huge. Yeah. When we saw a black officer, we we're like, oh, my God, did you see the black officer? I mean, it was like the buzz of the organization, but they yeah. were usually men. And so to, you know, to to see a black officer, which is almost, I won't, I don't want to say it's common now, but it's more common than it used to be. I was on, I was at Scott air force base visiting my mom and the number of women officers and black officers, my head was on a swivel. I was like, my head was turning every hour and I was just smiling. I had this big old smile on my face. I was like, look at these officers, man. I love it. So as as an officer, what are some of the challenges that you've seen for women in the military? What kind of challenges are women facing in the military as of right now or things that you've seen previously? Well, you're constantly tested and it's done in a manner where it's so smooth, you can't file an EEO complaint. Because sometimes it's not even what a person says, it's how they say it. And so that can't be captured unless you're right there. So I would say, you know, you're constantly challenged on whether you're you're good enough, or even if someone knows you are good enough, how can we make it to where she doesn't look good enough? That now that's a beast. That's when things get really. Um, challenging because it's one of those things where you can do things right 95% of the time. You're never perfect. So that 5% of the time where you, where you were less than favorable, that can easily become your legend or your reputation or your image. And you have got to learn how to one, either prevent that from happening or two, if it does happen, how do you mitigate it? And one of the things that I have relied on is going to grad school, um, showing that you say I'm this, but I now have two masters in cybersecurity. Both times, you know, I graduate one 4.0, other one 3.96, two different schools, both programs. One was under Department of Defense. Other one is under the NSA. But I'm not good enough, really? You sure you want to have that conversation with me? And that's unfortunate, you know, it's it's very unfortunate, even now, you know, because I retired over 21 years ago, you know, and it was, I won't say it was bad, but it, you know, we had our challenges. Sure. But my question for you is how many times have you walked into a meeting and you were the only female officer in the room. How how did you feel walking into that? Did you have to put on like a certain kind of armor? You know how you walk in, you're like, ooh, I got to put this face on. Or did you just like, hey, I got this. I'm going to handle this. I know you had that part, but you know that initial <laughs> feeling when you walk in and you're the only female officer and you have to, you have to kind of stand your ground. Am I right? Absolutely. And part of it is is building your background and your platform and your experience. So when you do walk in, 
you're not faking it till you make it. Like I'm totally against that fake it till you make it method. No. And I've been in an environment. If you do that, they will see right through you in five seconds. That doesn't work for the area, you know, in the, in the um, jobs I've had. That does not work. That's why. And so when I do even hear people say that, I cringe. So one, I take every job serious that I try to gain as much knowledge and wisdom and, and experience as I can. Plus, in addition to that, like I said, I went back to school, um, received a couple of masters. I try to get certifications as well. So not only do I look good on paper, but that I can back up anything that I say. So when I do give advice, I also will provide a circumstance of where this advice actually worked. I would say usually that may help, but there's also a segment of some people, they just don't feel like you belong there. Okay, we're going to have some conversations. We're going to go toe to toe. And some people, you just can't change your mind. They just feel like the woman's place is not right. sitting next to them. And right. that's okay. But what I do is that I find supportive allies that are supportive of me um, and, and take other avenues. Because one thing about the military, there's always, uh, uh, there's also, there's always so many opportunities that if working with you is going to be hostile or, or challenging every day, and I'm not going to gain anything, I will look to see, is there anything else I can do that's still of high value, if not higher, and I will have better um, support. I will then go that pathway. Now, I've done that a, a number of times, and I would tell you each time when that does happen, the person that was challenging me, they get upset. They get upset because they couldn't destroy me. Of how course. crazy is that? Of course. <laughs> Because you stood up to them and they're like, how dare you? How literally, how dare you? (laughs) Also being a threat, you know, when you're, you know, you're already a minority being a female walking into something like this. Not only do you have the certifications to back it up, you've got the data to back it up. And that's seen that some people are threatened by that because they're like, oh my God, she knows more than I do about this. You know what I mean? Like they can, in the air force, we called it and I'm going to curse. So my apologies in the air force, we called them, we called it. Don't baffle them with bullshit. Okay. Yeah. If you don't know, then say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I will find out because you're right. right. They'll see right through you, you know? Oh any- yeah. Oh yeah. Fake it till you make it doesn't work in the military, at least not in the jobs that I, that I have. Um, because you do have some really talented and skillful people there and they'll know that, that you're, you know, you're not the, not the real deal, but Despite, you know, there's always mind games going on um, in every job. And it's not, and, and I want to say it's not everyone. All it takes is one or two people. That's all it takes. And it's usually that few uh, to begin with. But because they may really not want you there, it, it will feel like the whole department or the whole group thinks that way. But fortunately, that is not the case. At each job, I have always been able to find an ally, um, particularly male, um, that has been like, no, uh, I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let that, they'll see it, they'll see it. And, right. and, and, and it doesn't get confronted in a way of, hey, let's all get together and figure out what the problem is and solve it. No, they'll just kind of maybe restructure me to somewhere else or that person to somewhere else to where, I don't have to be in that person's pathway anymore. And 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 I've ended up 
succeeding at every job I've been at and, and fortunately, you know, received good evaluations and, and right. awards and, and so forth. So you, I, I will admit you have to strategize and you have to be very aware of who may really be in your corner. You and almost who have to isn't. Just, yeah, and, and is it because not everybody who smiles in your face is is happy oh, for oh, your absolutely. success? I, I was I was going to say you have to really kick in your female intuition. You have to you have to use that, and I didn't realize that probably until later on in my career, and then I learned how to leverage. It. Right, <laughs> I've learned how to leverage it because, like you said, everyone who smiles in your face um, isn't your friend. And your intuition after a while, maybe not immediately, but after a while, certain things are happening and your intuition will kick in and go, "Mm, don't trust that person. Still be professional. I'm always professional regardless. But your intuition will go, "Mm, no, don't trust that person. Don't worry about why. Just don't. And move I I was fortunate in the Air Force to, to have some great supervisors for the most part. But I had one supervisor and he would say, you know what, if you make a mistake on something, he goes, just come and tell me that way we can fix it. So if I made a mistake, you know, and, and you know how it is in the military, oh, I'm going to your supervisor and you're like, okay. Yeah. And they would waltz and sing, you know, Sergeant Cortado said, blah, 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 blah. And this didn't happen. And my boss would say, yeah, and I know about it. And here's how we're going to fix it. And then it stopped the conversation. Yeah. Like it was, it was like, wait, (laughs) you know, they're ready for a fight. And so, you know, when you have that kind of support, it just makes your job so much easier. So let's transition a little bit. Transition. I love that. (laughs) Um, That wasn't on purpose, (laughs) y'all. Let's let's think about your, when you leave the military, what are you going to miss? And I know it's hard now because you know, you're still in the military. And it took me about six months to a year before I said, wow, I really miss this about the military. Is there anything in particular you're going to miss about being in the military? There's a couple of things I'm going to miss. One, I would say the type of jobs. What I have been exposed to in the military, I can't get in corporate America. I can't get it. I mean, unless you're at a C-suite in an international Fortune 500, can't get it. And, and I am going to miss that. That is probably because. So let me just say this much: I'm actually received my 20-year letter to retire in 2020, and I extended one more year, and then been asked to extend for another year. So I'm really like, in other words, milking it as long as I can. But. <laughs> Sure, but, I'll stay. <laughs> but I, I am going to miss that. I'm going to miss working at, you know, things like the Joint Operations Center and being in a leadership position, you know, because uh, even if you go contractor, you're not in a leadership position. No. And, you know, you might be lucky to get in if, if you get in. But even if you do, you're not in a leadership position. Um, I am going to miss, you know, working along. Um, or aside some of the NATO countries' government as an officer. You know, um, I worked uh, on a NATO exercise back in 2017, and it was about 1,500 
people from all of the uh, uh, from all of the NATO countries, obviously, including the U.S. And like you said, you could probably count on one hand, not even a thumb of the number of officers that were female. Right. You know, it was it was that few. And I'm going to miss that. I, like, I can't get that once I leave. I mean, the 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 type of positions that the military um, have for people, you just can't get it in the private sector. And so little bit of bittersweet as far as leaving, because it's like I'm used to being a part of the number one U.S. armed forces in the world, officer at that, like, you know, now. Yeah, now there's no equal to me. that. <laughs> right. I think one of the things that I miss the most is in the military, you know, if you and I are working together and for whatever reason, we don't like each other just for whatever reason. Yeah. The military doesn't care. They're like, look, get it done. Exactly. Get it done. But in the world outside of the military, if you, you know, if you're my boss and for whatever reason you don't like me and I could be the best of the best of the best Mm -hmm. and you don't like me, you can find a way to get rid of me or put me somewhere else. Or if not, just lose your job. Easy. Exactly. Exactly you know, or someone's, you know, gunning for your job in the military, your position is your position. Yeah. You can't lose it unless you mess it up yourself. You know what exactly. I mean? No yep. one can say, Oh, I want to do what she's doing. Um, no, <laughs> there's no right. spot open. So you have to wait your turn or whatever it is. So I do miss that about the military. And that's why I think a lot of people, when they transition, they try that nine to five in a corporation or whatever, and it just doesn't work for them. They become entrepreneurs. So with that said, what do you plan on doing after transition? So I plan on um, further developing my coaching and consulting business. So as a reservist, let me just backtrack a little bit. As a reservist, I can't stay on orders past three years. So I did have a little break in 2018. And that's when I started my consulting business, I Support You LLC. And I was fortunate to have my first client as IBM. It was actually IBM Belgium in Brussels. So that was great. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Other people are, hey, I'm over here. Come see me. She's got IBM International, (laughs) y'all. Wow. Okay. Um, how much so that was great. Coaching? Huh? <laughs> I was like, how much is your coaching? I might need you. <laughs> so that was really great. And I was helping out like with processes and how to do things better, more efficient. So answer your question as far as now, fast forwarding to 2021, I'm now doing um, coaching, particularly career mentoring coaching and helping people um, strategize their way uh, up the corporate ladder or even government ladder or federal agency ladder in a sense of how to handle adversarial situations, how to handle office politics, how to handle jealous jealous or envious peers, management, colleagues, and things like that. Um, so uh, so with along with the career mentoring, helping people with the uh, business strat- uh, strategies if they right. were to start their own business. So that's pretty much where, where I'm using my company, I Support You LLC. And I love helping people and I love making an impact. And as a yes. reservist, uh, sometimes people think our job is easy, but in my opinion, it's even more challenging because we have to apply every year for a job, every year. So that means that 
they're looking at your evaluations and the way you get a good evaluation, you have to come in and make an impact in three or four months. So I'm right. used to coming in, don't know anyone and, and just grabbing whatever resources I can and making an impact in three or four months so I can get a good evaluation so I can get the next job. So I feel somewhat of an entrepreneur already, but I really am looking forward to building my coaching um, and consulting um, program or business, I should say, and uh, because it's, it's what I love to do. And I, plus right. I can do it because I've been doing it for so long, um, but now I'm ready to do it as I transition. Well, I, I did learn something. I did not know that about reservists that you had to apply mm-hmm. for, you know, I did not know that. The other thing I didn't know is I talked to another reservist and she said that sometimes people don't see reservists as being veterans or being in the real military. And I was like, well, why wouldn't they, you know, they wear the uniform, they do a job. Why would they not be considered? Have you ever heard anything like that? Yeah. So when most people think of reservists, they think of people that have a regular job or have a job or even a business and they do the one weekend a month. So they go, you didn't really serve. Okay. From that perspective, I get that. But there are other categories of reservists. So one, there's also another category called AGR. That's active guard and reservists. They serve just like active duty. You go, well, what's the difference? They stay at the positions longer than active duty. So active duty may stay someplace two years. Um, AGRs may stay someplace like up to five years. So you're able to, so they, so the agency or unit has that continuity. So that's a second sec- set. Uh, I mean, second uh, category of AGR. And then you have a third category of AGR where people either take a break from their job or they can make a career out of being on active duty orders. Now, the tricky part of that is that you have to apply every year. Most people are not into applying for a job every year because yeah, they can get rid of you easy. But right. in my mind, and, and and close your ears if you're sensitive to curse language. In my mind, I'm a badass. I'm getting picked up. In my mind, I'm a badass. Oh, you're I'm hiring getting... me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I have been fortunate enough to get picked up every year. And so, so I've been serving, you know, so yeah, my, my career is risky and I don't necessarily recommend it to people because mm-hmm. what if you don't get picked up? But for whatever reason, actually, I'm not say for whatever reason, I really have worked hard. When I come to a job, I, I'm, I'm a, about making it happen. And like I said, I make sure I have my skills in place to make it happen. I have been able to get a job every year until now it's time for me to uh, retire and with my security clearance can still you know, be employable uh, when I transition to uh, reti- uh, retirement. So on that note, the first one, I can get th- that person's point if all you've done is one week again a month and then two weeks out of the year. But the AGR, they're full-time like regular army. They're just paid from a different pot of money and, there's, and they stay at the station or the unit longer. And then in my case, I apply every year. Mine is very risky. That's why I see myself as an entrepreneur because I got to hustle every, right. every year. You can't I can't just hustle. sit back and. Yeah, I can't sit back. <laughs> Even if people don't want me to do something. And I've been in those situations where people, maybe they've been intimidated, maybe not. I don't know, but they're trying to not give me any assignments. I've gone to the boss. You need to give me some work because if I don't work, I don't get a good evaluation. I don't get a good evaluation. I don't get that next job. So when I come on the scene, I'm hustling. 
hard. So in that retrospect, I am I, I'm along the side of the active duty, you know, as what you know, doing just as much, if not harder, because I don't have that cushion of just right. waiting until promotion. I've got to deliver every year on point and interview and be accepted every year like a regular job. Well, looking at your bio, I would hire you. I don't know hire you for what, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's on. I don't know what she's going to do, but you know. <laughs> Thank you. So I know that when someone's been in the military for a long time and you dream about that moment when you officially become a civilian. And a lot of times it's that fantasizing. It's that, you know, that, that picture where you're, you know, everyone wants to hire you and, and, you know, it's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be this. And it, it was a little less than that for me just to say, but how do you see your transition? Do you see it as just an, a, another part of your life, just different? Do you feel like you're going to have any difficulty transitioning or do you, or is it just, you know, you're, you're already set, you've got your business. It's like, I'm just not wearing a uniform on anymore. I'm doing this now. Do you see any problems with your transition? Oh, in all honesty, I do have some nervousness because, you know, the best sugar daddy is the U.S. government. <laughs> and that's the, that's the best sugar daddy out there. And the riches. <laughs> so I admit it's like, oh my gosh, I'm now going to be dependent on myself. And it does make me a little nervous. And that's one reason why I've started my company, you know, in advance so it can be a smoother transition. Um, but you don't have that because there is no better cushion than the U.S. government. U.S. Right? government backing Life is good. Life it, is and, good. And I probably didn't realize how good it, it is at, until now as I'm approaching because it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait can, I'm not ready. Please wait. <laughs> I know you go through those, you know, I know for me going, you know, when I thought about it, it was like super excitement and then a little bit of fear. And then, so, you know, you're going down this up and down, you know of yes, I'm ready. And I go, Oh my gosh, I'm not ready. Um, but I feel as though you've got everything, you know, if you, if you are nervous, you don't look nervous. I'm just going to say that. I am nervous. <laughs> I, I, I really am. Um, I mean, do I know I'm going to land on my feet? Yes. You know, um, I always have. And even when things, you know, were in a little shaky here and there, I do rely on my faith, you know, to bring me through. Um, so it is some nervousness there because, you know, I've been in the gov, I've been in the military for so long. I mean, that is a safety net like no other. Yes, it is. And 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 not only is it a safety net, you know, they have all these opportunities to learn this, that, and the other. You know, you you are taken care of. I mean, you work hard for it. Don't get me wrong. You work hard. You know, you, yes. you know, life isn't easy at all. But you know, it's just the thought of knowing that you know you're taken care of and you're in an institution that even if you have, like you said, problems with one person or even one, one unit, you can go to another unit and you'll be fine and you don't miss a paycheck. Right. And so, uh, um, so, so all of that's gone and it's like, 
okay, it, it, it's all on you now, Wendy. You know, it's like you're a big girl now. <laughs> well, I think one um, of the things that I took for granted was medical dental. I had yeah. no idea how much dental work was until I went and he's, and I think I had to have a crown or Ooh. canal or something. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> the dentist came back and he goes, Oh, it's going to be $800. And I was like, Oh, great. So $400 is my part. He goes, no, your part is 800. And I was like, <laughs> what? Wait, what? I I just had this look on my face and he goes, oh, they didn't tell you. You know, I must have had this look of hurt on my face because I had no idea. So that's one of the things. So, you know, take don't take that for granted because that, that's a big deal. But let's last but not least, let's talk about your book. Yes. Um, have you written the book? When's it going to be out? When it's going to when is it going to be available? And what is it about? Okay, that was a lot in one sentence, but that's okay. Got, I'll start. You got it first. But, <laughs> um, so I'm writing a book called Leadership Confidence versus Confidence. Do you know the difference? Because it's really a big difference. And so, what the book will provide are ten leadership confidence strategies um, to survive and thrive in the workplace, particularly if you're at a large institution. And so, the 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 point that I try to make is that. People think as long as you're competent and you have confidence, you can make it. And I'm here to say that is false. You need to learn how to handle adversarial situation. That's what's going to get you ahead. Whenever you see anyone at the top of their game in any field, any industry, it's because they knew how to handle jealousy, envy, office politics, um, just b- pure backstabbing, ruthlessness. Right. Um, they knew how to handle it gracefully, keyword being gracefully, because um, I have had to implement all of my 10 leadership confidence strategies at one time or another. And one thing I do stress before people think she's an angry Black woman, no, 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 no. I'm a charismatic warrior. I'm a warrior, all right, but I'm charismatic about it. And my enemies, I smile more up in their face than the people that I actually like. Hey, how you doing? Of you know, course. knowing that I just blocked that that plot they had against me and they're so upset and they give me this grim look. Hey, how you doing? How's the wife, the kids? Really? <laughs> you want to do this weekend? Oh, that is so great. You know, I just got back from Italy. I roll. I roll with it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Exactly. With a smile on your face, make sure you had a lip, if you're female or male, whichever, have your lipstick on, have your have the skin glowing mm-hmm. when, you, when you're dealing with your enemies. And yes. so um, there were a number of times where I could have become a casualty, but um, fortunately, I've, I've learned, like I said, I've become very strategic in how I handle situations. And one being like, is, is attracting, I use the keyword attracting a mentor. And people may say, well, I've heard about getting a mentor. No, what most people have are friends in high places. A mentor will put his or her career on the line for you when they see that you're being mistreated. Ooh. A mentor will, when they that. see that, oh yeah, they'll put their they'll put their their name and uh, name on the line for you. They will also give you tough luck. So suppose you uh, suppose you did contribute to the uh, whatever the the negative situations that's going on. They'll 
they'll kind of bring they'll it call like you my out mom on and dad. it. Yeah, they'll, they'll call, call you, you out, out on it privately. They'll do it privately. Right. Jack you up a bit. Does what you should have done. <laughs> da, 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 da. You go okay, <laughs> and then hear me out, and then we'll go to bat for you, right. knowing you were wrong. Right. Hey. That's my protege. She got messed up. She did this, that, and the other, but there was a little miscommunication. But hey, just give her another chance. That that's what a mentor does. So it's not always about even when you're right. Sometimes you may have been wrong. You just didn't know. Mentor know jack it, you right. up privately, and then go to bat for you publicly, and then right. people know we may not want to mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> we may not want to mess with her. Let's find somebody else. <laughs> They're like. Who is she? <laughs> like who is she? <laughs> who is she? Yeah, just leave, leave her alone. <laughs> so I talk about those strategies and I also give webinars, you know, um, that I advertise on LinkedIn because I think most people can resonate because folks are, you know, typically asked, is this for men, women, people of, of color? I said, no, this is for all people. For everybody. Because I've had white men over 50 tell me, I wish I had known about this years ago. Right. Because we've all been through it. We've all been through the minutia of why can't I just come to work and get my job done? Because I'm fully competent. No, it's game playing. Yeah, all it is. All, it's like chess. It's it's chess. Yes. All the pieces have a certain power and you have to learn how to maneuver yep. through and towards that, you know, who's in charge yes. and do it in such a way that no one really knows that you know, you're sneaking up on, well, not sneaking up on it, but you're, they're going to say, you know, wow, how did she get that position? You know, because you've just been, you know, undercover kind of, you know, to say, and then they're saying, wow, because nowadays a lot of people just think that they could just, you know, oh, I was, I came to work, I was on time. I did my job. And how come I'm not getting promoted? And so you have to understand that, you know, you don't want to do too much, but you don't want to do too little. And you have to know who you're speaking to all times. Don't get confused by titles. Don't no titles. Don't mean crap. They don't mean anything. You know, don't get confused by titles. Cause you don't know who, who, who may be the real power behind things. Right. Wendy, where, where can we find your book? Is it out yet? Or when will it be out? It will be out, um, in by either April or May of 2022. Um, I do have a web, uh, website, it's www.conquerconfidently. Um, I'm working on my next website as well, and I'll, I'll let you know that. But right now, people, if they go to that website, I do have a form that you could fill out and if you want to be notified when the book is ready. So, um, and then also you can follow me on LinkedIn. That probably is even more the best way because I'm always pushing things on, on LinkedIn. I'm really excited about the book and I received a number of feedback from people saying, I, you know, I can't wait to read the book was because not only do I bring out the strategies, I also give resolutions and solutions of how to um, handle each one carefully because it is a technique. And so it's not just a good book. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just a good book read. It's really used for people to be interactive with it and for it, for them to approve, improve um, their career pathway to the top. Right. Uh, Give us the title again of the book. So we'll be on the lookout for it. Okay. It's going to be leadership confidence versus confidence. I love it. Wendy, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you all the way from Germany. Yeah. Being on today and, (laughs) you know, being a part of the podcast and, 
I love what you're doing. And I don't know if the book applies to me, but you know what? I'm probably going to get it just to read it, just say, I, I know her. That. Have you read this book? I know her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Kat, for your support. I really do appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Absolutely. I hope you guys listening got a chance to learn a little bit about Wendy and what she's up to and how she can help if you need her services of what she does. And as always, please stay safe, take care of each other. And until next time.